14 Homestead Kids Kitchen Tips for Stress-Free Mealtimes. I don't know about you, but the stress-free part definitely has my attention. Today, we're going to be diving back in to the Homestead Kitchen because really, the kitchen and cooking is the heart of the homestead. But sometimes, it can often be the most stressed out part when we are overwhelmed, we're really busy, and we want to make sure that we are feeding ourselves and our family nutritious, whole foods, from scratch cooking, but we're struggling to get it on the table and to just do everything that we need to do. Today's tips are going to help you not only to teach your children, because as homesteaders, that's one of our goals, is to pass on these traditional skill sets and wisdom to our kids, our grandkids, and future generations so that they're not lost. So we're going to be talking about some really good tips and strategies to bring your kids into the kitchen to help, but also for you as an adult. So even if you don't have small kids or kids that are going to be helping in the kitchen, I think that you're really going to benefit from a lot of the tips and strategies that we talk about and share. But especially if you do have kiddos, then you are really going to want to listen in. And it doesn't matter what age they are. We break things down for all ages or all different stages of skill sets. So welcome to this edition, episode number 141 of the Pioneering Today podcast with me, your host, Melissa K. Norris, where we teach families how to grow, preserve, and cook their own food using old-fashioned skill sets and wisdom to create a natural, self-sufficient home with or without the full-on homestead. In this episode, we have got a great freebie for you that's going to help you take these skill sets and implement some of them. And to find all of the show notes, links, resources, everything we're talking about, you can always get those at the website, melissaknorris.com slash 141 because this is episode number 141. Welcome to this edition of the Pioneering Today podcast. And I'm excited for today's topic because I think no matter where you're at on your homesteading or self-sufficiency journey, the kitchen is really the heart of everything because we've all got a kitchen and we all got to eat every single day. And it's an area that can oftentimes cause a lot of stress. You wouldn't think so, but for me, Mealtime and just making sure that everything is done and that we're eating the foods that we want to can sometimes cause a little bit more stress than it should. So I'm really excited to talk with our guest, Katie Kimball, today about this topic. Welcome, Katie, to the Pioneering Today podcast. Hey, Melissa. Thank you so much. I'm pleased to be here. So Katie, for the listeners who aren't familiar with you or your site, because I actually haven't named your site yet, Would you tell them the name of your site and how that works into your philosophy and how you guys run your kitchen? Yeah, so we have an online video e-course to teach kids to cook, and that's at kidscookrealfood.com. And there we help kids from all over the world, really families from all over the world, get their kids in the kitchen and cooking. But that kind of grew out of my original blog, which I've been at since 2009, and that's Kitchen Stewardship where I help families stay healthy without going crazy. So I've been teaching moms how to try to balance it all for many years. And I realized a couple years ago that 
we will always be seeing people say, man, I was never taught to cook. I don't know how to be healthy unless we back up to the next generation. I love that. And that is so true. Like I was really blessed to have a mom who cooked pretty much everything from scratch. We actually grew a lot of what we ate from scratch too. And I didn't realize until I got older in life, you know, and you started going to other people's homes or even as a, a teenager, that that wasn't really the way that everybody did everything. But my mom, she would teach me to cook a few things, but she was just really proficient in the kitchen and she really enjoys baking and cooking. And so I really didn't do a ton of hands-on cooking until I got married. And I got married at the age of 18. I remember that first year, I kid you not, I called my mom every single night to ask her one question or another about a recipe or a specific way to do something because I'd seen her do it. kind of knew like, well, you know, I would be cooking from scratch and that's the way we would be doing things. But there was a lot of those little nuances that I didn't realize I didn't know until I would set out to make the recipe. I adore that we're teaching the kids to do it. And this is kind of an area, I will be honest, I struggle with because time is of the essence. This is going to sound so bad, but it's so true. I know how that I can cook the meal and I can keep the kitchen a lot cleaner and everything is more streamlined. So if I just do it, then I know it gets done. I sound like a control freak, that I know it gets done the way that I want it to. It doesn't take me any extra time. And it does take more time when you're teaching somebody. I am like so bad at this. And so I have just was talking with a group of friends because I've been feeling kind of overwhelmed with trying to keep everything up. But I'm like, I need to get my kids learning. My son just turned 13. My daughter will be nine. I'm like, they need to learn more skills in the kitchen. And I kind of feel guilty because it's my fault that they don't have more skill sets and I'm not having them do more things in the kitchen. For somebody like me, who has not really given them a ton of skills, I've kind of micromanaged them a lot in the kitchen. (laughs) Walk me through some of the, you know, the steps to take to get them to start doing more things and to make them feel confident in their abilities and, and, you know, in, in doing it. First of all, we've got to buy into it. And, you you know, it's so easy for us moms to have this mom guilt and be kind of self-deprecating, like, oh, I sound like a control freak and all oh, this is so bad. Like, you are so not alone, though, Melissa. Every mom out there is saying, this is my space. I am faster. I am less messy. Nobody really wants to have their kids in the kitchen. We know academically this is a good idea. This would be good parenting, you know. In our hearts, we're like, get out. <laughs> so you're totally not alone. <laughs> that does sound a little bad, but it's true. And, you know, so many things in life are like that. We know that if we would invest a little time up front, it would be easier later, but we just can't get around to it. So you're, again, you're totally not alone. What I hear from members in our course, though, is that after just one or two lessons, it starts paying back. You start to literally get a return on investment right away because when the kids have, and again, this is not for like the three-year-olds, but for even seven years old and up, when they have some skills in the kitchen, they can be prepping your raw veggies or your salad veggies while you're prepping dinner or vice versa. You know, we've got moms that say, well, I had to go nurse the baby and my kids could finish up dinner. It was like a miracle, but it doesn't have to, doesn't have to be a miracle. It's just building some basic skills. So that's what we try to do in our course is focus on skills and not recipes. Because I don't want kids to know I know how to make five recipes. I want them to have skills where they can tackle any recipe, you know, like you were saying, you're constantly calling your mom. 
that's kind of what we want to empower them with now. So getting them just, just doing it is step one. And it seems silly to have to talk about it, but you know it's not. You know, most moms are like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, whatever she tells me, I'm not going to take the time. So I kind of have to get people to believe it really will pay back. Even my four-year-old, when he was, he's six now, but when he was four, he could mix up, we make like homemade uh, ranch dressing mix and taco seasoning and stuff. Using our methods, he could literally mix those up. It might take him 45 minutes, (laughs) but it's hands off for me once I get it set up. So it's still like ultimately saves time. So that's step one is like believe that, you know, ultimately it will save time with a little bit of investment. Then getting them in the kitchen, focusing on skills is really important. We start kids at age two and three with a butter knife, cutting soft things because we want them to have good habits with the butter knife. We actually teach them appropriate holding patterns and technique and knife skills so that when we can feel comfortable giving them a sharper knife, we're actually comfortable and we're thinking, okay, like I think they actually won't cut their fingers off and this is a good thing. So again, really focusing on those skills and not being afraid to give a, give a little bit to the kids, give a little bit of responsibility, making sure that we don't ever let them get bad habits. Like even when it's a butter knife and a banana, I'm still going to train them rather than, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be kind of easy to give a three-year-old like, here, honey, why don't you try this? This will be so fun and cute. And then just let them figure it out. But I feel like it's important to, to, you know, show them how to do it. Because if they're figuring it out, there's no consequence with the butter knife. They could do it wrong and they're not going to hurt themselves. So we kind of have to show them. I think it's important too, because looking back, like I said, that first year where I was calling my mom all the time, and this is totally going to date me, but so I got married in 1999. That was really almost before the internet. You know, like we yeah. didn't even have a computer yet in our house. And so you either could call somebody and ask them for something, you know, or if you watched a cooking show on TV, you would write it down, you know, yep. it's not like you could go to a website and get it or, or Google things or Pinterest recipes or everything that we've got available to us today. I remember I would call her because I knew that you cooked a roast in the oven. You know, I knew to put it in the dish and to put, you know, your onions and your vegetables on, you know, around the roast and to season and all that. And then I realized, I don't know what temperature you cook this on or for how long. And so I would call her with kind of those type of questions that now we've, and if you have, you know, some, some good cookbooks, then you've got a lot of that information in there. But those are kind of some basic skills and that we don't necessarily learn just doesn't just happen like osmosis. You know, you don't just, you have to know these things. For people who didn't necessarily grow up either in a house where they were taught these things or haven't been cooking from scratch, some of these skill sets don't apply just to kids, but I think it's great to teach them early. But I think sometimes this can apply to people who have been eating a really processed diet or going out to eat most of their lives or deli and not cooking a lot from scratch. We kind of all start in the same place when you're Mm -hmm. building up these skill sets. So I think it can be important for both adults and kids. So with those basic skill sets, obviously knowing safety techniques, right? Like how to Mm -hmm. properly handle a knife and how to chop things, which seems kind of rudimentary, but really, if you can get really proficient with a knife, it really makes things go a lot faster. And kids, you're not worrying about them because that's kind of one of the things you don't want them to handle knives. You get nervous about the hot oven. I get more nervous probably about them reaching in and out of an oven than I do the stove top as far as, you know, like boiling yeah. something. And then when it comes to draining things, so you start with the basics, which would be knife skills. And then do you continue? I think this is interesting too, that you don't just teach them specific recipes. 
because you said you don't want them to just only be able to cook like these five things. You want them to kind of be able to cook anything. So you start with knives. What are kind of some of the next skill sets that you start to build upon once they've got that down? Sure. Yeah. Before we leave knives, I just want to make sure your listeners know that at kidscookrealfood.com slash pioneering, anyone who's listening to pioneering today can, can see our basic knife skills and safety class. It's about 10 minutes long. It's for all ages. And so that way you can kind of see, we use a lot of mnemonic phrases and just fun little ways to tell kids how to hold the knife and how to hold the food. And that way, like if the parents and the kids all have the same vocabulary about it, it's really easy to even call across the room and say, oh, honey, use a saw blade on that tomato. That'll work much better. You're smooshing it, you know. <laughs> so anyway, so definitely go and get the free knife skills class at kidscookrowfood.com slash pioneering. And then we do, we teach a lot of other things. And I love that you say that adults need this too, because I do have a lot of moms who kind of like under their breath are like, don't tell, but I'm totally learning along with my kids. We teach really simple things like different ways of stirring and how to look for a uniform mixture because, you know, you can really torpedo a recipe if you don't stir things well. It seems simple, but it's important. We talk about appropriate measuring skills, watching for no holes, no hills is one of our phrases, and that's both for teaspoons and cups and just the different ways of measuring like a fat versus a flour versus a liquid and all with our little like mnemonic phrases for each one. And trying to think with little kids, you know, obviously little kids aren't going to learn quite as much, right? But we do a really good job, I think, of bringing it down to their level. So we have some like picture phrases and special ways of teaching tiny, like little kids who can't even read yet so that they're empowered to make recipes like homemade taco seasoning without help because we use these picture images. And then at our middle level, like so elementary kids, kids who can read, class one is reading a recipe well. Because again, so many adults like glance around, they glance at the recipe and they jump right in and that's where you're going to forget an ingredient or put something in too early, right? And then you're like, oh shoot, I can't take that out. I, I didn't read ahead. So a lot of adults mess up recipes simply because they're not doing a process properly. So we teach the kids to read all the way through, ask their parents any questions if they don't understand, you know, a word or an instruction. We talk about getting all the ingredients out and putting them to the left of your workspace and then moving each one to the right after you use it so that you don't get distracted and put something in twice, right? Because that's another way you can totally mess up your recipe. Even, even those of us who know how to cook, like that was something my mom taught me when I was little, that organization. And so I'm really trying to impart that idea that if, when you're in the kitchen, you can have a lot of fun, but if you can have a system so that you're in control, you're going to have more success with your recipes. And then we move those kids to the stove and talk about stove safety and proper stirring so you're not sloshing it all over. Again, basic things like browning ground beef is at our level of six and seven-year-olds. And then the big kids, we do actually half their classes, our chef's knife skills. Because again, it's just, I swear, like right, 40 to 60% of your time in the kitchen probably is at the cutting board when you're cooking with real food, you can't help but be cutting up produce all the time. That is very true. I feel like a lot of my meal prep, I've been trying to, to do kind of batch meal prepping, you know, washing in all of the lettuce instead of washing it every day for, you know, lunch salads and just vegetables that can be chopped up ahead of time for the week. You know, you know, you're going to be using, you know, a whole diced onion. So go ahead and do that. You know, that type of thing really does, you're right, because otherwise you're just repeating these same steps all the time, just prepping prepping most of it, the vegetables. And I think that is genius of what your mom said 
about taking, I love that tip about starting with them on the left. And then as you use each of those ingredients, moving them to a different area, because there's been a lot of times where I've gotten distracted and came back and I'm like, oh man, you know, did I put this salt in? Yeah. Or, you know, did I put the baking soda in already? And if you're just looking at the flat and you kind of mixed your dries together and you then you got pulled away and you come back and you're like, oh man, I don't remember if I did that or not. And I think having systems is so helpful, not you know with the kids, but for you as an adult too in the kitchen. And so I really like that one. And that would, I think is an excellent tip that I'm going to start using as I teach my kids to cook. Thanks um, mom. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I love that. And some of those things you're just not going to know until you've been doing it for a really long time or like this, like I've been cooking for a very long time and I hear that. I'm like, Oh my goodness, such a simple thing, but that's so genius. I love it. So I think that's wonderful. Now I also have to say, I'm excited about the free knife skills video lessons because my son is 13 and he tends to not want to believe or to listen as a mom as well as he will pretty much any other source at this age. (laughs) Yes, I know. Yes, that is, I try to do that. I actually tell parents in our videos, like, make me your scapegoat. Just be like, well, Mrs. Kimball says, (laughs) da-da-da. I'm not. I really, I really like that. And so I'm excited about that because actually this is my plan. And you can tell me if this is not a good plan. My kids are in public school. And so when school lets out in June, they don't know it yet, but I've decided that they are going to start helping more in the kitchen this summer. They're definitely of age. And I also want to make sure that they've got these skills, especially my son, because he's older, that by the time he graduates and will probably move out on his own, that he knows how to do all of this stuff so that he doesn't have to rely, and not that he still won't rely on it, you know, as teenagers, we don't always make the best choices on, you know, some convenience food or takeout or stuff, but that he'll actually know how to cook things for himself and hopefully will continue to do that and have a really good skill set to pull from. So what my thought was is to put them in charge of cooking one meal a week and they can pick out the food and then, you know, we'll all oversee them in the beginning, but to kind of transition that way is they would be responsible for one thing a week to begin with. I think that's a great idea for summer to put them in charge of a meal for sure. You might want to start the first week or two just by focusing on skills because because starting with a whole meal, even for a 13-year-old, is pretty daunting if he hasn't already done something with, you know, the cutting board and the knife and the stove and all that stuff. So we, in our class at least, we really try to build one skill on the next. You should have seen me putting it together. I had index cards all over the floor. Like where, you know, where's the logical progression of what do you need to know before you can do this? And how do we put all this together into something they can actually eat at the end? So you, you'll want to know, you want to talk about how to make a recipe and how to cut some things and how to wash some things, especially a 13 year old boy might not think of that, right? So there's a little bit of a progression, but absolutely like planning meal planning and prep is really good. When when I have my kids make a whole meal, if it's not something that they've done before, at least once, if not twice with me, we'll sit down and we'll read through the recipe together, maybe days before, right? And talk about what will you need? What do we need to buy? What do we have in the house? Where is it in the house? Like there's this whole, like there's so many gaps in their knowledge sometimes. And I hate when they're jumping in and making the meal and they have to come running to me every two minutes. Like, where's this? Where's this? Where's this? So we talk through everything, how long do we think it will take, and then we add an extra half an hour, here's the time you'll start, you know, we write that down, like maybe at the top of the recipe or on the calendar, this is when you would need to come home from being out with friends or whatever, so that it's all 
they know what they're doing. And then on that day, they can just jump in and there's a little bit less pressure, I guess, or confusion. So that really helps. So that'll be a good tip for you. And then definitely, like I said, building those skills, you're, you're doing totally the right thing. So my research just came out. It's almost funny because it's common sense, but they did a whole research study and found that young adults who, the higher their perception of their own cooking skills, the healthier they eat. So doesn't that make sense? Like if you can yeah. cut a vegetable, voila, you actually do eat more vegetables. So it's completely the right thing to build that foundation when they're young, before they're out of your house and out of your control. So that's really cool. And then to give you another gem of hope, we totally did that, like batch prepping this Saturday. I grabbed my 12-year-old and my 9-year-old, and we spent a little over an hour, actually. But we had so many vegetables peeled and cut by the end. Like this week just feels like a breath of relief to have that all done. Yeah. So talking about, you know, strategies and and kind of making mealtime not such a stressful thing, is one is, you know, starting and I'm so surprised too. I love that you're saying to start them as early as two and three with these skills. So I'm like, oh man, you know, I waited way too long, but that's okay because there's still time. So I love that you're talking about doing that, you know, kind of no matter what age they are right now, it's, it's, you know, go ahead and start with where they're at. You know, if they're younger, start with the butter knife skills Mm -hmm. and work your way up. But I also think want to talk about too is, you know, strategies for in the kitchen and mom and and you're wanting to bring them in, but to make mealtime and everything less stressful. So prepping is great, especially batch prepping. I'm learning more and more how wonderfully effective that is. And I need to incorporate that more. So do you meal plan like everything out for an entire week? Do you do an entire month and how involved are the kids with that and that process? How do you do that with your kids? You know, kind of what part do you bring them on and then how much planning in advance or kind of what's your approach to that? Yeah, I've been a terrible meal planner. That's one of those things this season of my life where academically I know it's a very good idea and I don't always get around to it. So I'm not a super good example on this one. When we do have the kids, like I will give the kids a whole meal. And so that, but it's just usually one. So they don't have any idea what's happening the whole week. Like I don't, and I don't feel the need to pull them in on everything because you want to talk about slowing you down. Like <laughs> they don't need to be clued in on it all. So when we just did that prep, I had honestly just bought a bunch of vegetables the day or two before. And I knew that I would use them, but I didn't even have my plan made yet. I just thought we're going to get it all cut up. And then I'm going to look in the fridge and say, this is going to go bad first. This is in our meal plan today. So that, that's not the best way to do it, but that is what we did this week. Yeah, when they plan, all they know is kind of their meal. They don't need to really know anything about the surrounding meals yet. Obviously, like the, the older they get, I do think it's really important to talk about how meals might connect together so that you use up all of what you bought during the week and don't let half a bag of spinach go bad just because you put it in one meal, not another. We'll work up to that, but I think right now one meal is sometimes enough. One cool thing that we were able to do this year because they know how to cook is at the beginning of the school year, I was feeling a call to kind of help out at our high school youth group at church. And I mentioned it to my husband. Now the youth group meets at dinner time every other Sunday. He looked at me, he was like, honey, you don't have time. You're like, you don't have time. What are you even talking about? And I said, but what if, what if the kids were willing to make that dinner every other Sunday? Then it's like not on your head. 
we'll just do the same meal. We usually have homemade pizza on Sundays. So I said, I'll teach them how to make one of our homemade pizza recipes. It'll be the same every time. So there's, you know, like you said, not a lot of stress. They know what they're getting into. So we asked them if they would be willing to do that. So it was like the whole family was kind of serving the church in some ways. It took, it took a village to get me over there. Two times we went through the recipe together, the kids and I, and then they've just done homemade pizza every week. They know exactly when they need to start. They've gotten to feel that feeling, too, of becoming more competent as they go. And that's been a little bit new because usually we're making a recipe just once or twice. You know what I mean? But, like, because they've made it twice a month this year, they're, like, really good at it. That's a good feeling for them. I think you're so right, too, is when you do a recipe over and over again, you do get to build confidence. And then you're kind of willing to tweak it and to try new things and add to it, which is good. And I think especially with kids. They need to feel confident in doing it or they're not going to want to do it. At least with my kids, learning, you expect some learning curves. But if they keep having failures in an area, then it's really hard to get them to keep going and to get back into it. For sure. I have a couple more tips for parents on keeping the stress down because I remember that was your original question. (laughs) One big stressor with families is just elbow room. Whether you have a small or a big kitchen, like once you get more and more people in there, they're running into each other and that can tend to drive the adults crazy. And so I really recommend to get especially the shorter children at the table, which is just a relief to the kitchen and the congestion in there. So we put the smallest children on their knees on a chair so that they can see what they're doing. And then the medium-sized children can stand at the table and it's counter height for them, which is safer anyway. If they're peeling or cutting or whatever, they don't want to be, you know, imagine working at a counter that's your chest height. That's not, (laughs) it's just not appropriate or ergonomic. So moving kids to the table is a great idea. And then for all those moms who are just, I can't handle the chaos. I really, really want my quiet time as I'm in the kitchen. I would say just invite one child in. So you might say something like, I have a space for one sous chef today who would like to help. And, you know, other people can help tomorrow. Again, this is obviously you have multiple kids. Or I'll say something like, I need someone with peeling skills who is that? And my kid who's in that level of our course, our beginner level is me. That's me. Those are my skills. That way I can kind of reduce the chaos of having everyone in there at once. And as well as when you're teaching a skill, this is really, really important. Never teach a skill right before dinner because there's a time pressure. Like you want to get dinner on the table and everyone's hungry. And those two things are both like evil recipes for disaster. It's not going to be a positive experience, most likely. So I tell parents, you know, especially as you're moving into summer, Melissa, you're going to want to work right after lunch when they're really happy or right around (laughs) snack time. Like think about when you're not time pressured and they're pretty pleasant people to be around, usually when they're fed. So you actually want to cook in advance for dinner, like prep in advance for dinner during the afternoon or the morning. And when they're learning a new skill, then once they know it, they can actually cook the dinner. Does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. In fact, I'm so glad you said that because both of those tips, actually, one is the space. We have a fairly decent sized kitchen and my husband and I rarely cook together because we are both the same way. Like you're in my way. (laughs) We adore each other and he's a good cook in his own right and I am too, but we don't cook well together. So we've kind of learned one of us will go in and do what we're doing for the meal and then the other one will come in and we don't really do it together. I didn't even think about that with the kids, but you're right. And not putting yourself on a time constraint, because when I'm in a hurry, I have way less patience. I'm more grumpy. If they're hungry, kind of like, you know, you don't go to the grocery store and grocery shop when you're hungry. I think kind of the same thing, like don't wait until you're really hungry or 
to try to teach them because there's that time thing when you're really hungry, you just want to eat and you're going to want to get through it. And it's not going to be a pleasant experience. That's the key with this is I want it to be pleasant. I want them to enjoy it because I want it to be something that they think of fondly or they don't dread at the very least. Yes. And I think that's kind of was my thought too. If I let them pick out the food, you know, it's one of their favorite things to eat. And so hopefully that will make them more inclined to want to learn to cook that versus, you know, cream spinach or something. (laughs) Totally. That's huge. And another way to keep the kids motivated this works really for all ages, but especially for, I mean, little kids are pretty motivated to help no matter what, right? We just need to capture that. But for the older ones, they start to get a little bit more cynical. I'm sure you found that. And I find that it's a really a chance for genuine self-esteem building if they can feed someone outside your family. So if you have a potluck you're going to, or you can invite some people over for dinner, even sharing on social media and letting them see the like likes and comments makes them understand that they've done something real. They've done something genuine. Like they can watch people eating their food and they just get this little kind of proud smile on their face. You don't even have to say anything. Obviously words are good too, but it's pretty awesome in this world where we we kind of like say good job about everything. But when people are actually enjoying your food, they know they've done a good job without words even being needed. That is really true. And I hadn't even really thought of that aspect of it. But my and it's so funny, because, you know, being a a podcaster and and a blogger and and having quite a bit of stuff online that I share, I don't share a lot from my kids. I don't post their pictures very much. I kind of keep that, you know, because they are so much younger and try to kind of keep that part private to a degree. But what's been really funny is when I'm posting things like my kids have started asking, or I will ask them, I will ask their permission. Do you mind if I share this? You know, do I mind? Do you mind if I do this? They get excited about that. I never would have put the correlation though, if we don't have someone to invite or to share the food with, to post that online and let them see that. But I think that that's really, a really great tip. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. And of course, they, their faces don't have to be in it. Since you have like a public page, you can just share their food, but let them let the people know that, you know, your 13 year old or your nine year old made them. Now I'm, I'm feeling a lot. I'm like, okay, I've got these tips because I really was just, you have no idea, like half an hour before we got on here together to record this episode, I was talking to a group of girlfriends and I was saying, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I've got to get some things in place. And I really would like to have my kids start. They're definitely old enough to help with doing some of the meal stuff because in our house, pretty much every meal, every snack is made here pretty much from scratch. It can start to be overwhelming sometimes. I've got to have more help and I really need to start teaching them. And so I'd really come up as soon as summer comes, we're going to set this into play. I'm so excited to have these tips because I know it's going to make it a lot easier And I'm showing them the knife skills ones first, especially because it isn't mama teaching, it's somebody else. (laughs) So I'm really excited to walk them through all of this and to see, I'm kind of excited to document too, to see where we are in June and then at the end of August, beginning of September, and to kind of have this photogenic journey of seeing what they're preparing and, and how far they've come with their skills. And then to be able to show it to them too. I think that's another thing tangible wise, when you've got at least pictures of it is you can show them like, look. You did this and now you're making this. Yeah, that'll be so fun. Thank you, Katie, so much for coming on today. I'm really excited for this. I think there's a lot of valuable tips there that 
will be able to glean and to put into use. Thank you again, everybody in the blog post, the show notes for this episode, will have links and resources so that you can check out and take advantage of these free learning tools. Thank you guys so much for joining us in this episode. I hope that you found these tips as helpful as I did. And if you've got tips that you have used for teaching your kids how to cook and create stress-free mealtimes, I would love to hear them. You can let us know in the comment section on this blog post. Let us know in the review section on iTunes. You can email me. And if you would like to learn more from Katie or you struggle with getting your kids to eat healthy and to not be picky, I have one picky kid eater and then I have another one that pretty much will go for anything. Then if you are listening to this before May 16th, 2018, you can sign up. Katie is doing a free class called Seven Proven Strategies to End Mealtime Madness and Get Your Kids to Eat Healthy. So go to the show notes, mostknorris.com slash 141, and you can get the link to sign up for that free class. And today's episode is brought to you with a not-so-shameless plug by my book, Handmade, The Modern Guide to Made from Scratch Living. If cooking from scratch, having tips and strategies to make it quick and stress-free, then you definitely want to get my book that has over 100 plus from scratch recipes, many of them going back to the Great Depression era where we can take frugal tips and even time-saving tips from that era and plug them into the cooking that we do today. Okay, on to our verse of the week. This week we are in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, and this is the Amplified Translation. As each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. And I thought because we were talking about stewardship and passing down gifts and skills to our kids, that this was a very fitting verse. Because I firmly believe that we all have been gifted in certain areas and that it is definitely a benefit to everyone when we share that with others. I also think it's one of the things that set homesteaders apart from a lot of other groups, shall we shape, from a lot of other groups shall we say, and that is they are, we are so generous. You guys are so generous with giving of the things that you have learned and areas you excel in order to help others. So thank you for being a part of this wonderful community and sharing that with me. And speaking of homestead communities, I'm just giving you a little bit of a teaser. I have got something very special in the works. I've got a lot of special stuff in the works that I can't wait to share with you guys. The Modern Homesteading Summit coming up, but I have another special project and it definitely has to do with homestead community and sharing with others. So you're going to find out all the details next week here on the podcast first. So until then, have a great week and I can't wait to talk to you next week.